0: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
1: Welcome, fellow Lushes. Come on in, pull up a bar stool, and enjoy some cocktails with dimples and the beard.
2: Admit... Ah Mitch. Oh got an empty chair.
0: <laughs> hey
2: Pat.
0: <laughs> Deservedly so. Right? Not a problem.
2: <laughs> maybe this is uh maybe this is payback. This is payback. <laughs> what you get, man. <laughs> this is what we get for the next hour. Stare at my empty got. chair. We're recording this time for real.
0: <laughs> sure you are. He's just like, I'm gonna be set. All right, awesome. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Just <laughs> How long do we wait? Uh, uh, well,
2: what? Forever. <laughs> well, I guess we can inter- We can do our introduction. Oh <laughs> <laughs> How are we doing, sir? How you doing? Good. Question. Good. We, we, we thought maybe you were playing a practical joke on us, and we were just going to get an empty chair
3: for the next hour. <laughs> Well, it was a thought, you know. It was a thought, but 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 I like you guys too much, so oh. I said no. I can't, you know. I can't do that to you guys. Well, we- so before before we start, before we start, I want you to notice: I have a black T-shirt on, Uh-huh. okay? And I have a a glass of wine. Perfect. Nice. Perfect. Guys, I'm doing this because I had I, I saw the uh, the uh, podcast you did with my director Adrian. <laughs> who had a black t-shirt on and was drinking wine, although he was drinking boxed wine. (laughs) I don't drink boxed wine. Sorry, but he knows that. And I figure if I do this... I got a shot, maybe of being in his next picture. There you go. You know, go. maybe he'll hire me again, and we'll work together. So, you know, I twerked the shot. There you, you know,
0: go. Do whatever you got to do. It's Hollywood, man. That's right. You what? got her down pat. Whatever
2: it takes. Here, here's what I'm going to say. I'm, I made sure we're recording this time, first of all. And after okay. after watching your uh, your couple of uh, your couple of Instagram posts of you playing Carlos and shoot or die, <laughs> I'm, well, really, I'm sure you want to talk about that too, don't you? I don't want to fuck this one up. <laughs>
0: You, you play a bad guy very well.
3: Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> Here is
0: what I'm going to say quick. I watched the clips too, obviously, is um, I never want you to sing Happy Birthday to me.
3: <laughs> oh, you don't want me to sing Happy Birthday with no, the hammer? No, never. So that 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 scene, those two clips, is one, one whole scene. And here's the bottom line to it. They have cast me, the producer of that film and director, uh had had seen they were friends with killer killer popcorn okay so i had been on the set of killer popcorn shooting and they had i didn't know who they were but they were standing off camera and after i was done they had come over to me and they said we're shooting a film would you be interested in talking to us So i said yeah sure i'll talk to you you know i don't know if i'm going to do it but i'll talk to you yeah when i when we sat down we had the meeting uh, they had told me, you know, it was Carlos, and, and I, you know, of course, bells went off my head and went, ooh, that's, that's good. And and uh, they said to me, listen, if you got a different way of saying a line, then go right ahead and do it. We're giving you carte blanche. That's like the last thing you should say to me, <laughs> he said, because what you're seeing is three-quarters of it is ad-lib, and about a quarter of it was on the page, is <laughs> what you're seeing there yeah. so the hammer when you go it's hammer time the whole place cracked up because i didn't tell him i was going to do that i just threw it out there when we when, when we shot but yeah it's pretty nasty character. Nice. yeah probably the, probably the worst character i think i ever did oh, oh really Without okay a
1: doubt.
3: yeah yeah because as long as you will find out that i kidnap a 12 year old oh uh, boy okay a lady. And, you know, to Carlos, she's just a sweetheart. So I'll leave it at that. I won't, go, I won't sure. go any further. My daughter won't watch the movie. She refuses to watch the movie. So I can't get her to see it. So, you know, Although she she does the video hookups for me with the Instagram. Oh, nice. So, okay. so Yeah. How, yeah so
2: <laughs> How far along in production is that movie? All right. It's done. Oh, okay.
3: oh that's all done. Um, in fact, I'm supposed to meet with him for, I guess, Breakfast or lunch. let to see what's going on with it. But all three movies are done that I did here in two years. Oh, nice. Uh, obviously. Okay. Uh, Pill of Popcorn. And yes. I wish they... That's still in post-production. I wish he'd finished the damn thing because <laughs> it's crazy. It's a it's just a whacked-out movie. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and uh, Shoot or Die. Uh, that's also done. So I think what he's trying to do with Shoot or Die is he's got a package of films. Um, and it's funny because the uh uh, josie who's the owner of production company they were from burbank and they came here to shoot it and to the point where he has now moved his entire production from burbank to las vegas oh wow and now he's permanently here so i think he's got a package of films and i think they're trying to sell it as at one one of the packages of of four or five probably oh gotcha Uh, you know hopefully uh hopefully it'll be out and uh, you know and and fortunately for me my parents aren't around anymore so you know they don't have to watch that one so i'm, <laughs> I'm good <laughs> well
0: uh, definitely intrigued those clips are good clips you know definitely intriguing um who doesn't like Thank a good, you very much you know a crime uh, th- those are always fun to watch
3: yeah it's it's uh it's a pretty it's a pretty crazy it's a pretty crazy film uh the one said to the they shown they had shown it, or the director, showed a few people, and they said to him, "Jesus, he's the meanest, nastiest person I've ever seen." And the director looked at him, looked at him, and he said, "Actually, he's the nicest guy on the planet." And they said, "Really? You can't tell from that?
0: No, that's for sure. Complete opposite um, of just you know, talking to you like this."
3: Is it? I mean, but you know what? You know why guy? That's the fun part to play. Those are yeah. those are the really fun, fun, uh, fun parts to, you know, to play. You just, the dark side of, uh, of you just comes flowing out. You know? so, so you don't you know. find
2: it real hard to make the transition. I mean, is there anything
3: you have to do to get yourself ready to do those, those no. types of scenes? No. All no. right. I, you know, no. honestly, no, no. I knew the character. I knew what I wanted to do with the character. Sure. Uh, sure. you know, put a slight accent on him, you know, nothing, nothing too heavy. Like uh, Mr. Pacino did in, in, uh, yes, right, exactly. Uh, what's the movie Tony, Tony Montagna, you know, <laughs> to my little friends, right. Uh, Over the top little bit. My, yeah. A little, a little bit, just a little, just, just a tad. Uh, <laughs> so I tried to keep that, that at least a little bit down and, uh, and no, I mean, once, you know, once I, I get on the, on the set and I understand who I'm playing and what I'm doing, uh, a lot of it is it's, it's, um, you know, I had, a, I had a meeting, uh, one last ride which i know you guys watched the the, the film absolutely yeah. uh, the, the movie i, I had a uh, a meeting with dustin hoffman many years ago and we talked and and uh, we kind of both came to the conclusion we, we we work on the same level it's kind of like the the costume of a character and the way he walks and talks really really helps so it's kind of like i go externally and then i go internally and some actors will go the Nero will go internally to come out externally. Okay. You know, so it's just it's kind of kind of reverse. So there's a little inside of, but uh, you no, know, I'm you know I'm, I'm the Italian guy from New York, so you pissed me off, and I'm half <laughs> Sicilian, so I can just I can go off in a heartbeat. You it know? comes, yeah, it comes out naturally. Yeah.
0: Natural. Okay.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well,
2: well, then again, I want to thank you for uh, for being kind and coming back and allowing us to try this
3: again. <laughs> Oh, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't miss this in the world. You guys are great, by the way, oh. and you did, you did a fantastic job with, with Adrian. You know, and 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 listen, if if you guys, if it's going to help sell tickets to Kindred, if you need some really bad dope on Adrian, I mean, I'll give it to you tonight. You know, if it's going to help, if if it's Going to help the boss. you know. Perfect. Long then long then I say
0: yes, it will help. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to be fine. Oh, with
3: yeah, that t- okay,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. That was a lot of fun. Both, you know, we had so much fun doing both of the interviews. Um, mm-hmm. So you we know, were, we're uh, excited to promote the movie, and yeah, just bad luck. So thank you well, again. I want I- to as well say thank you for coming back. So
3: it's it's absolutely my pleasure, guys. Absolutely my pleasure, without a
0: doubt. Which so. I thought when you originally started, I thought you were going to give a shit about that a little bit. <laughs> are you sure you guys are recording? <laughs> <laughs>
3: No, 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 no! I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. Oh, we deserve I'll it. Let, I'll let you, I figured you said it, so okay. Now you opened up the door. We right? deserve it. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: Um, but yeah, so excited about the shoot or die. That's um, we just touched on that, which is great. Um, so you don't have a release date? That's fine. Um, no, but we'll look for it. And uh, once it yeah. comes out, we'll you know we'll we'll talk. We'll watch it and talk about it. I've been yeah, uh, I love,
3: love to love to love to sit down and talk about that. And like I said, I I'm hoping that
0: killer popcorn. Killer popcorn. Out. Yeah. Um, well, let's well let's keep with the killer popcorn just for a minute because that's an okay. upcoming movie, and I know we touch at the end, but um, that looks so fun. That looks so much fun. Um, it
3: it, it uh, again. It, it came from the beautiful young lady you guys had on from Kindred, Karina. Yep. Uh, and uh, we had finished Kindred, and she got involved with Killer Popcorn. They turned around, and I guess the guy they had for the lead playing Fletcher. Uh, didn't work, wasn't working for them. So she contacted me, and she said, oh, please, please, would you just read this? Would you read this and talk to them? Please, please, please. I told them about you. They looked you up. They really want to meet with you. So I said, okay. So Trevor, who, the, the in the movie, the movie is based, is based, I own a video store. And the video store is uh, Movies and Candy. And that's actually, the producer had that store. Oh, you see the movie, and you see the store. That is his store. Oh wow! That he wrote this wrote this film about, and he also wrote it. He's a producer and the writer of it.
0: And where's that so located? I it,
3: uh, it's act. It's located in Henderson. Located in Henderson, Henderson, Nevada. Right, right. Uh, not too far from my house. Okay. Oh, wow. So, yeah, and when I sat down with him. And, uh, you know, we talked, I read the script, and I said, this is probably the wackiest film <laughs> I've ever done in 40 years of doing this. Uh, and, that, and that's actually what, what because I've done with film. It's a cult film. I mean, it comes out. It's, it's so, you know, Zombieland. It's just whacked out. I mean, it's just completely whacked out. I don't know if you guys are familiar with, like, Eraserhead, uh, yep. Lynch. I mean, it, that makes them look normal, all right? So that, that, this film makes that look normal. <laughs> and I just I said, you know what? I've never done anything like this. And I knew that again, comedy wise, which is where I started, uh, in comedy, I said, I can just really just he said, have fun with it. Oh, you know, bring it. Just bring bring it. And we sat down, we worked everything out, money wise at all, and, and uh I said yes to it. And uh in the first here was the best. This was Thursday 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 evening and i said great i said fantastic i said when are we starting and he they all looked at me and they said uh two o'clock tomorrow we start shooting your first scene <laughs> what what the hell are you talking <laughs> me tomorrow no you and karini you got the first scene tomorrow at 2 p.m so just you know be here we'll get the costume i said it's that's a day tomorrow they went yeah and sure enough 2 p.m the next day uh i was on the set costume and makeup and everything and we started rolling the cameras so yeah a yeah true, that I, that happened
0: a true professional
3: yeah yeah <laughs> and, and i have career there so you know i just looked at her when i walked in i went what did you get me into Karina? seriously <laughs> oh, and you know Karina she goes, oh no 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 it's gonna be fun we're gonna have a blast me and you say like, okay here we go <laughs> nice. Uh, nice but it, it, it's, a, it's a fun crazy wacky movie and you know hopefully I know they're in post and I hope they you know it all gets it all gets done and and finished and he looked at me the producer looked at me at the end and he said "Way, if it does well and we make movie make money on this movie then you have two more films to shoot because it's a trilogy of course (laughs) really really I said "Now I'm going to tell you something if this movie comes out and it's one of those cult films that go over the top and I'm walking down Las Vegas Boulevard and somebody hollers out Fletcher to
0: me, big trouble. That's all I can say to you right now. So, you know, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. And the more you, know? you talk about it, the more I want to see it. So, right. I know. oh,
3: yeah. It, it, if you go on, I think it's, I think it's, if you go on killapopcorn.com, okay. Trailer. They've got a trailer running on on that. Uh, a really wacky trailer. Perfect. So. We'll check it know, out.
0: Everybody else, check yeah. it out. That's, yeah. Oh. Yeah, excited. <laughs> so, so that's yes. a, two different roles back to back, kind of. Um, three different roles. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, like you just said, um, roles, all three is. of them. Um, yeah, uh, you know, a, a dad, uh, t- uh, mob guy, and um, I don't know the Fletcher's character in Killer Popcorn, but I'm assuming uh, it's a lot different than the other two roles. Oh, it's it's
3: uh, it's completely different than the other two roles. He's a he's a man who owns the last. The last video store on the planet. <laughs> it is the last video rental video store on the planet, and he refuses to let it go. Okay. And he, it, I'll give you quickly. Karina's character shows up in the middle of the night. She's a crack addict. Has a baby. Now this this is going to put the movie in perspective, right? What I'm going to tell you <laughs> has a baby has a little infant of hers, crack addict that she doesn't want. So she shows up at night, just like as I'm going to close the store, and decides that she's going to shove the kid through the drop-off box hole <laughs> in, the, in the in the video store. As I see her and start going bananas on her, as she's shoving the kid in the box in the box drop-off of the video oh. store, she I'm not going to tell you what happens yep. there, <laughs> but I end up I end up takes kid in, and he makes me so nuts that I force him to live in a gigantic popcorn box inside the store. (laughs) And all he wants to be is a writer someday of movies. So, and and I can't get rid of him. And I absolutely, every word in the English language that you can possibly say to somebody to put them down, I used in that (laughs) that film with this kid. So, you know, there you go. (laughs) Oh, man, I can't.
2: I can't wait. <laughs> there you go. In a
0: nutshell, <laughs> fantastic. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, so, do you yeah. have a preference out of the three types we just talked about? Which you, your preference of playing out of the the dad, the mob, or the mean guy? That's,
3: an, that's a great question. That's a great question. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer that, but I'm gonna go back to my roots. Okay. Uh, okay. And and tell you, I started in radio. As a oh. disc jockey uh, back in New Jersey, and um, came from radio, and I went from radio into um, a, a television, a, a comedy show, five nights a week in New Jersey, local comedy show oh, wow. called the Uncle called the Uncle Floyd Show, and created, I don't know, I probably had about fifteen different characters, so comedy became very was very easy. Uh, comedy was really that's that's my my basis okay uh, and then i went into new york and started studying seriously and started doing theater and we moved from new jersey my wife and i and went into new york city and lived there uh and started doing theater so to answer go back now to answer your question um and after five years in new york we decided i dragged my wife across the country to la la land in uh, hollywood for, for, for the next 36 years and now I dragged her into Vegas. Uh, but to hear she wanted to come here. Um, to answer your question, I I enjoy doing the comedy okay. a lot. Um, just because for me, when I do comedy, it, it kind of, it, I know if people are laughing, it's, you know, and the way this world right now and the pressures and everything of people, to get people to laugh and just relax and forget about that's going on in your friggin' life, sure. you know, it's real, sure. really. So, to answer you, fun-wise, I I really enjoy the comedy. Um, second, the kindred, you know, um, and and uh, you know, playing the dad because I am one drama. Know, with, with more, yeah, with, drama with more drama, yeah, the drama, and and uh, and then after that, yeah, I love doing, you know, I mean, obviously, I've done mob guys, Italian mob guys. He's a you know he's a Mexican cartel guy you know so you know I've done I've run the gamut sure. I mean I've literally I'm kind of chameleonish as an actor well, I can tell uh, that yeah well yes yeah, well thank you uh, and and um, you know there's two kind of actors there's movie stars that the the character becomes the Those guys. I
2: don't know where I, I think what well we're just having. Internet connections or something—you're freezing up every once in a while,
0: but I think we're okay. Am I? Am I good now? Yeah, yeah, you're good. You're good. I just—I don't want to lose what you're saying. Okay. That's all.
3: So I'll go back to um, the the comedy. There it is again. Internet connection unstable. Am I unstable?
2: <laughs> it's. It might be Carlos. <laughs> Carlos is coming out.
3: I, you know, my wife probably would say yes to that, but I, um. Yeah, I, I I really enjoy it because I think I, you heard me say that right? Yeah. yeah. And as far as making people laugh, and, you know, there's two kind of actors. There's the actor that the the character becomes the actor. You know, not the actor becoming the character. Tom Cruise, you know, he's a movie star. Mm-hmm. Uh, Romero is a totally different game. Robert De Niro becomes the the character. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So Uh-oh. Driver or Raging or any of that stuff is another one he becomes the character so i'm more on that kind of uh of how i know i'm on the level, but as far as he becoming the character and not the character becoming pat you know that's 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 as an actor that's how i always i always worked um okay. so you know to 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 fall in to fall into those guys i mean i've played everything from you know cops to, to bad guys to junkies to uh addicted horse you know gamblers and. <laughs> You know, so on so on down the line. And and uh now being a little you know, little older, uh it's nice to play to come in and go, Well, you're gonna be a dad. And oh, okay, that's cool. Sure. You know, that's, I've done everything else. Nice to nice so uh that would be second, would would be Kendrick, you know, okay. which I really I really endure. Um so and thank you guys for pushing the movie, by the way. Oh yeah, we love Well, it. I really, we really enjoyed it. We really do appreciate it.
0: Yeah. So, so let's 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 talk about Kendrick because okay. of how great it is, and then we'll, we can go on from there because yeah. you, you mentioned it, and boy, it, you know, it is, a, it is a really good movie for... And, and you know, we got to a lot of... i from you last time and from Adrian about the production part of it. Wow, what you guys crammed through in a short amount of time, the budget. <laughs> <laughs> it, the movie doesn't re- uh, represent that at all. I mean, I would not think of it as at such a low budget. So... It- how did you? It's how did you gotta, get onto the project? Let's go with it, that.
3: It, it's got to be the fastest film that I think I ever shot. Yeah, because I've got a film in eleven days like that. Wow! And you know, the majority of majority, ninety-five percent of what I did was one takes. You know, at the table, at the table with the chopsticks. When you know I can't take it, then my wife is gone and I break down. That was one take. Wow! You know, that was in and out. And. You know, this, the the I said that to Adrian. I said, look, you know, Ethan did a phenomenal job. I mean, yeah. his first his first film that's just ridiculous. You know, I mean, the kid's got a lot of talent, mm-hmm. and it's just that's just ridiculous. Uh, and Eleanor, same thing, first film, and it's just you know, I mean, how she pulled it off the last scene, it's just it's just still on the money. You know? yeah. And 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 you know, for for me, I, I said said Adrian, I said, look, here's the deal. If, if I just sound like Biden, didn't I? Here's the deal. So, so, (laughs) so, so I said, if, you know, I can do a lot of stuff in one take, you know, two tops. And if you need, you know, more, I said, let's, you know, let, let Ethan and, and Eleanor and, you know, whoever else needs to do three or four takes, you know, if you, if you, if we have the time, you know, let's put it, put it over there. So that's what I and the same thing, you know, when we talk about the other film, One Last Ride. If you want it to, later, absolutely. Um, same thing there. Same thing there. That was, you know, almost everything I did in that film was one take. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we So will. Um, but but uh, I mean, Kindred, Kindred, it came out. It it blew me away. When when I went in to see the 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 cut, mm-hmm. and you know, we went through. He, Adrian would send stuff to me. Go, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And, he'd, you know, he'd send a, a, a complete, and we talked about it. And, you know, I'd say, well, I think this, I think that. And then, you know, you're the director. you got to do what you want to do. Um, but when I saw the final, there's a lot of movies I watch on Netflix. And I just went, wow, this blows a lot of the crap that I'm watching on Netflix right now. That- you know, it just, it just for the for what, you know, $75,000, grand grand that we shot that movie in 11 days to look like that? That's crazy.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. And we did. I'm very proud.
3: I'm very, 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 very proud of the film. Very proud, and I'm you know, very, very, very happy with what I with what I did in it. You yep. know, so I'm I, I'm glad it's doing it's doing really well right now. That's on, awesome. And So how did you get wrapped up in the project? Uh, okay. So we moved to Las Vegas. We built a house here. From we we left uh, we left Los Angeles. We were still living, um, and my wife and I, she had her business. She was closing her business, and I said, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of done. I'm going to retire. Let's, and we, we knew we wanted to come to Vegas. So we started looking at houses, and we ended up saying, you know what? Let's just build one, you know, because to buy a resale, and to build one wasn't too far. So we built a beautiful home here in Vegas, Friend of mine, and also Adrian's, and Adrian and I didn't know each other, but we had a little friend um, from Criminal Minds, uh, Glenn Kershaw, who has been, you know, the, him, him and Whitney, his wife, uh, the four of us have been friends uh, back in New York, back in the, in the late 70s, early 80s. Oh, wow. We became friends because his wife, Whitney, was also an actress. We were in the same class together. And we all became friends. And and Glenn had said to me, Oh, you're going to Vegas, you gotta meet he's like family, this guy Adrian, he's got an independent film, a script, and hey, and I kind of kind of was blowing him up. Yeah, okay, okay, Glenn. Yeah, whenever, whenever. Oh, and he comes to me, I go, okay, okay, okay. So finally we built the house, came here, and Glenn said I'm hook I'm gonna hook you up with, with Adrian. He's gonna call you. So Adrian called me and we started talking. He came over to the house, had some coffee. And he said, Pat, he said, I have a script. Would you want to read it? And I said, yeah, sure, I'll read it. And so I read it. And as soon as I read it, I knew the script was great when I read it. And in my head, I went, wow, I'd love to play Alan. You know, And here I am. I'm supposed to be coming to Vegas to retire. And I'm <laughs> going, i love to play Alan. <laughs> um, and he showed up about a week later at the house, sat down. And he said, what would you think of the script? I said, it's a great script. And he, and he looked at me before he could say anything. And he said, would you want to play Alan? And I said, man, you're reading my mind. I said, nice. yeah, Alan. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, Eric, who is also the other producer uh, in in uh, with Kindred, uh, and they've been Eric and, and Adrian have been working production together for a long time. Uh, he came in, and the three of us just hit it off like really, really tight. And uh, I said yes to him. They worked out. You know, he started getting his money together and got the attorneys and talked about money uh, for for me. And he said, would you, you know come into casting? We're going to cast in LA, and he didn't tell you this, but I'm going to tell you this. Okay. So, so I'm now I'm still going back and forth to LA because I still had my house in LA. So I was coming here, going there, coming here, going there. And Adrian says to me, "We're we're, we're in casting. And we, we at one point if it was during casting or before or after, he says I'm thinking about shooting the movie in LA." And I just stopped dead. And I went, you don't want to do that. <laughs> you don't want to do that with this budget. You'll never get through it. It's, 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 LA has become insanity right now to me. Sure. I was there 36 years between the traffic, the prices, the cost of living. It's just, it's lunacy. I mean, it's just lunacy. And for you to move a production, you know, it, it, you got two locations or three three locations in one day, you're stuck in traffic. The last thing that I did in LA was for the Oxygen Channel, okay? And and we shot the first two days, uh, we shot in Playa del Rey. And I never forget, they came to me and they said, okay, Pat, we're changing locations tomorrow. You know, I'm, I'm living in Sherman Oak Studio City. I'm hoping it's in the Valley. And they look at me and they go, we're going to Anaheim Studios. And I just went, what? We're going to Anaheim Studios, which is down by Disneyland. Okay. Okay. The traffic is so bad. I had a seven o'clock call, so I wouldn't be in the traffic. I got up at four o'clock in the morning, left my house at four thirty, to drive down there and sit in a diner and breakfast till seven o'clock till I had to go in. Otherwise, it would have taken me. It's normally maybe an hour drive. It would have taken you two and a half hours to get. Oh
0: God! Crazy. My
3: wife. I'm my wife and I'm gonna I know I'm knocking LA and I don't care. My my daughter lives there and I give her money to rent, so I can knock it. Um,
0: <laughs> yep. Which,
3: which that's gonna stop because she just got a great job, so God bless her. <laughs> um, but 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 you know the the the, the bottom the bottom line is you, you can't you can't my wife had a business ten miles from the house. Ten miles. Okay. Hour and forty five minutes to get to work. Oh, my God. Ten, ten miles to go over the canyon. An hour and a half to an hour and 45 minutes to work. That's insane. It, yeah. yeah. We just can't so, fail them that, yeah. Yeah, and, I, and I, said to, I said to Adrian, I said, you can't shoot it here, man. Yeah. You cannot shoot it. I said, that'll be a disaster, you know. So, and he, he thought about, about it. I thought, you're from Vegas. Right. I said, you get everything you need here. And then Eric came up, and he said, look, we can shoot it in Boulder. I live in Boulder and every- me there and i can get stuff for us and finally adrian went yeah you know what you're right and funny i I probably told you so to him i can't tell you how many times uh that we ended up shooting it here (laughs) i said i told you not to shoot it here shoot it here here. so so he he probably won't talk to me now because i gave that secret away (laughs) but he he, he's happy and i'm happy yeah and the other reason here's the other reason i really didn't want to shoot it in la I wanted to live in my new house. Yeah, in Vegas. right. <laughs> <laughs> house I, I don't want to be. I want to be here. Yeah, no so, doubt. But it all it all it all worked out. It worked out. It worked out. The
0: worked,
3: worked out great. It worked it, out great.
0: It, it seems like because he did talk to, about location when he was when he was on. So seemed like it worked out. And every little suggestion is in a little selfish in some way. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So yeah, whatever. You're retired. You're, that's what you're. You're after.
3: Yeah, and and we we did cast in L.A. Obviously, uh, uh, Eleanor and and both uh, Eleanor, uh, Ethan, and actually Kevin too, who played Leonard. Uh, they they came in. They came in from from L.A. and we cast them. We cast them there. I think it was two or three days I spent with Adrian. You know, casting. Sure. And to me, the important one. And I said this to him the important character for me was whoever was going to play uh, Winters. Yeah. You know, Ethan's one. Because, oh, yeah. you know, it, it, I'm on camera with him so much. And, you know, I knew it was going to be someone young. Mm-hmm. And I also knew that, you know, the budget we had, you know, go get some seasoned, 100 year old kid because you can't pay him. Right. You know, that's that name. So, you know, my thing was we got to get somebody, one, that can hold the film up yes because he's on he's on you know for, for an hour and a half he's if he can work you know it goes down the whole film goes down a drain you know and you know the second thing was for me was that you know we can we can stay on this you know like this and not be like that because he's inexperienced you know as far as the acting on uh in all the scenes and ethan was great yeah i mean he was yeah he, he, he came in you know, audition and i was like wow this kid is this kid's got a lot of talent
0: did man. you know right away yeah. kind of when he started I knew right away
3: yeah i knew right away i knew right away and this the second time he came in i really knew because he really nailed it. yeah
0: you he, he, it. we tell, he you lucked out he because he, he's he, brilliant he, he, he did fabulous yeah 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 he's brilliant. I, mean, I mean he's brilliant
2: and the chemistry between you two is perfect it's, yeah. yeah and that
3: you know really that and that was my other thing that's just got to work kind of like one last ride if the you know the, my wife doesn't work in, in that movie and the chemistry is not right between the two of us, you know, it doesn't work. So if the chemistry wasn't right between me and Ethan, you know, it's just it just the whole film goes down and yeah, goes absolutely. down the drain. Yeah. It, no matter, you know, no matter what. Um, you know, and and you know he wrote a great he wrote a great script. Uh and that's where that's where all films start. They start with, with the script. Right. Uh, Ilya Dan, uh, uh you know, very famous director, you know, said something one time that I, I just never forgot and he said you can have the greatest, the greatest actor. You can have Brando in your movie,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but
3: if but if it's not on the page, they're all going to go. Brando was great, but the film sucked.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Which has happened know. which has happened over the years. Oh yeah,
3: oh, oh yeah. It's happened quite a bit. You know, yeah. it's happened quite a bit. Where you go, wow, their actors are great, but boy, the film stunk. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> you know? it just sucked. So you know, he had it. He had it on the page, and now it was okay. Let's find the kid that's going to be able to. You know, pull it off the page and put it on the screen, and and you know, Ethan did that, and then the next one was Eleanor. You mm-hmm. know, to find, to find someone, you know, to pull her character off, and she did that too. So we lucked out. We lucked out. Uh, you know, I, I I say Adrian, and and I we both lucked out. You know, yeah, with, and
2: with. Uh, and also and also Kevin, because Leonard's character oh, is yeah. so important to the movie, and he does he plays such a I mean he does such a great job with it.
3: Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, Kevin, Kevin, he's a great guy yeah, he's, he's, yeah he's, he's, he was a lot of fun he, he was great i mean there's not a really nice link in the whole in the whole film everybody yeah you know i mean everybody that's that's in the in the movie just uh just did a really great job in a very 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 um fast paced uh production
0: you know it just was like one hundred percent um so you know i know you're talking about it and you're in the film so you're Saying how much you enjoy it, but as an outsider, yeah, you, you, you guys lucked out in everybody. Every character was done wonderfully. And uh, so, I was so surprised when Adrian said 11 days. You <laughs> you can't tell it on film. You can't tell it on yeah. film. Yeah. And the sound. Yeah, you know, I, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead I was going to say, and then and I was talking to you know, the, the for, for sound being so important to the film mm-hmm. and being low budget was mm-hmm. amazing. Was was that's, was truly amazing.
3: That's Dave. Dave. He found Dave. Yeah. He had about three or four different sound guys, and he and Adrian found Dave. Uh, and Dave is just when I went in to do some ADR uh, into Dave's studio, it was great because he had a line, uh, and I'm talking about line of Emmys just lined up right right (laughs) to the board and i was like holy smokes and then i went into the studio you know to do the recording part of it and there were more emmys in that room so you know i went okay this guy's this guy's got his shit together he knows what he's doing yeah that's for sure he was great he was absolutely spectacular you know and it's funny my my very close friend which i will Dive into later. Uh, Chaz Palminteri yeah. uh, had 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 watched the film, and he called me up. He loved it, loved the film, and you know performances and everything. And he said, "Man, the sound is just unbelievable. So good. You mm-hmm. had a great sound guy." And he said, if, "If I do an independent film, I need to tune me into this guy because I want to use him." You know. So yeah, Dave. Kudos to Dave. He he really 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 really.
0: I agree because. If, if you guys, if the film had bad sound, it it, it would uh, it could have hurt the film, and
3: oh, it would have killed it. Yeah. I mean, the sound, you know, the film's about a sound guy. There
0: so <laughs> awesome, awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, I did want to I do want to ask you because you kind of touched on before with all the naming all the actors. So, um, who was an influence on you as a movie actor or stage actor or anything? Who do you look up to? Um.
3: Uh, I'm gonna go right back to probably Hoffman and De Niro. Without a doubt. Sure. With without Two of my two of my, my favorite actors. Uh, and um, the third one would be you know, I'll preface this, A. Ay- well, three three legends, so Yeah. I'm talking about, you know, Serpico and yeah. you know, Godfather and, and, and that stuff. Um, those 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 three those three guys. And and the biggest influence that I had uh, as an actor is someone who's not with us any longer his name was Earl Hyman Earl Hyman did you ever see the Cosby show yeah okay he was the dad in the Cosby show the white hair and the mustache yes he, he played Bill Cosby's father yep in the Cosby show he was he was my first acting uh, teacher and actually became at HB Studios in New York City and became became he became like a second dad to me okay and we got we got very close uh and and uh taught me a lot taught me taught me a lot you know i miss him a lot but he taught me a lot um and the last thing that he saw me do funny enough was one last ride uh that that was the last movie he saw. so he had a big big influence uh on me but as far as actors it it would be hoffman and de niro and then and then uh pacino okay so as long as as we're as long as we're Two Italian guys in a joke. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, start of a joke. <laughs> <laughs> you just walk into a bar. Yeah. Right? yeah.
1: yeah.
2: So as long, as long as we're mentioning One Last Ride and how important scripts are, why don't you tell us about One Last Ride? Because okay. you, you, you wrote the script. I, I, I wrote the script,
3: produced the movie, came out of my company, um, and, uh, and starred in it. Uh, it. It was actually a play uh, that I wrote. Um two I'm gonna say ten years. It took it was I wrote the play uh and ten years later I did the movie. So I I, I wrote the play, did two productions in LA and then we took it back to uh to New York and did a production back in uh of the play. Um it, it's based on a true story, which I, I never put on the film and I should've. Um Man. Tony Tony Vitale, the director, uh, who had a bunch of films out, Kiss me Guido and a few others, um, he had asked me, you want to put true story? And I I was like, eh, I don't know. You don't want my dad. Because it was based on my dad and my dad's cousin. My dad's cousin was compulsive horse camp. And and all through my teenage years, I'd watched the two of them, the dichotomy between them. My dad would, you know, my dad put like, you know, 40 bucks on a horse. And cousin Jeannie, you know, he. It, I'm going back in the 50s and 60s. Sure. Okay. We're talking here, you know. He dropped five hundred thousand dollars on on one race. You know, you, you go back, you know, look it up. 50, 50s and a thousand dollars. That's like ten, fifteen thousand dollars on a yeah, race. Yeah, or, right. You know, on one, at least. So you know that always always amazed me to, to to watch this and and you know you you get you get guy people that are hooked on drugs, hooked on alcohol. Okay, it's it's a substance that's that's that they're hooked on, right. but you. Here I am living this. And you go, you know, gamblers, what What the hell makes you the attraction? When I wrote the play, I did nine months of, of uh, research in GA meetings, Gambler Anonymous meetings, twice a week for nine months. They all knew what I was doing. They were thrilled that I was getting the message out. But to sit there and listen to the horrifying story that, that they told about what they did to their families, The women really blew me away. And I'll tell you one quick Uh one. She was celebrating her 10th year of sobriety, and it was her birthday. They had a cake. And she got up and explained to us what made her stop. And she was in the card uh, room over in L.A., and she was there all night, never got home. Seven o'clock in the morning, she called up her husband. And she said to her husband, honey, you're not going to believe this. Oh, my God. I left so long ago. The car broke down, and I went into a gas station uh, to get it fixed. And it was like 1130. And they pulled the car, and I went in the ladies' room, and the door locked. And I couldn't unlock the door. And I've been locked inside the ladies' room. They closed the gas station, and I couldn't get out. And I was banging on the door all night. And now when they opened it at 7 o'clock, they finally let me out of the of the door here's the kicker and she, and, and so i'm, I'm going to be on my way home she hangs up the pay phone there's a woman drops to her knees takes her two hands and pounds them on the concrete until blood came out so she can go home and say to her husband see i'm not lying i've been pounding on the door wow. in the ladies room all night wow and you just yeah yeah you just sit there and go wow are you kidding you just stuck with me when you know when she said that, yeah. So yeah. you know, all it, it people people get hooked on gambling, and it's the same rush. And it's not. Here's the bizarre thing: it's not about winning. They don't give a shit if they win or lose. It's about anticipation. It's about the anticipation of going to the track, going to the casino, going to the craft's table. It's about if they win because mm. when they win, their high is really high. Yeah. There's no there's no there's no middle ground with them. It's black and white. It's like the high is high and the low is low. And that's it. That's how that's how they live. That's how they live. And I watched my cousin, you know, my, my father's cousin Jeannie um, you know, take his take his family uh in nineteen sixties. He opened up a bank book in front of me and my mother. He lost eighty thousand dollars to the horses. Eighty thousand dollars in the sixties. You could buy a house for like fifteen thousand. Right. Wow. Back then, mob, the mob took his business over, and it always stuck. You know that, and I always, I always said when I went into acting, I always say to my wife, "Someday I'm going to write a write a film about it. I'm going to write a script. I'm going to write a play. I got to write something about this." And I sat down, and, and uh, Chaz, very good friend of mine, had uh, just finished Bronx Tale, the play, mm-hmm. uh, and he was going in with with uh, Bob De Niro to to do the movie. And you know, Chaz said to me, "You know, I said, Chaz, I want to put a play up." Uh, and put my own stuff up with my own company, and he said, "Write it, man. Just sit down and write it." And, it. and you know, and that's you know, that's that's uh, that's what I did. We we, we wrote the play. It was It was critically acclaimed, and um, I passed up a lot of people that wanted to buy the script, but you know, not with me in it. And I said, "That's not why I did it." You know, I didn't do it for that. And uh, you know, thank God I'm married to the person I'm married to because uh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't I wouldn't have, have accomplished three quarters of what I did. With my life, if I wasn't uh, married to uh, the wife that I'm married to.
0: Well, um, let's give a cheers to your wife and her name.
3: We're cheering you here, honey.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> she deserves here's it.
3: A here's the kicker. We met when she was uh, 14 and I was 15.
2: Lifelong love. Bless you.
3: Long love. We'll be married uh, 50 years coming in July. Wow.
2: That's that amazing. Is awesome.
3: Wow. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, uh, she was, you know, she was behind me and, and uh, uh, I got, uh, got the money from Germany, German company. Oh, okay. uh, I hooked, okay, we're, we're going to go backtrack, Ang Lee,
1: the famous
3: yes. Asian director, uh, my other closest friend, the Forrest. Uh, he came on as executive producer, uh, which, which actually helped, um, helped me uh, get the money together.
0: Which I would like yeah. you to go and do a little later about how you guys connected because he's a brilliant yeah. director.
3: He's, he's one of a kind. Uh, and uh, and and then I you know asked Chaz to come on and and uh, and come into the movie with me. Um, and uh, actually, Claire Kupchak, who was the wife of Mitch Kupchak, who was the general manager of the Lakers. Sure. Okay. We were friends, the, the four of us, and Claire actually. She hooked me with a German company. So if you watch the movie, you'll see co-producer Claire Kupchak. Oh, okay. uh, he, yep. he does a small role, actually. Uh, plays a secretary, and and uh, so she hooked she hooked me up with with the uh, German company uh, right after I you know Ang said yes to me, and he had never ever put his name on anybody else's movie. And we'll go back later and talk about you know why he did it. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I asked Chaz. And then I, uh, Robert Davi and I had done a movie with, uh, with Rodney Dangerfield uh, together. And I, I met Robert there. And I asked Robert to come, you know, come in and, and uh, do a role. And then I asked, uh, then we asked uh, Charles Derning, who was the greatest, Ugh. greatest guy in the world, man. He was, he was such a sweetheart. Love Charles. Uh, uh, he was, he, he was the best. He was absolutely the best. Um, and, uh, you know, once I had the, you know, I had the cast and I had the money. Um, and I had a producer that I was very good friends with, who came on John Kelly. Uh, we had done a well. He actually John Kelly did did the um, did the Rodney Dangerfield movie. Okay, and that's where we John and I met, and uh, we hooked up. And he came in and produced with me. Uh, and uh, you know, he had all the connections in L.A. I couldn't do that movie now in L.A. There is absolutely no way. Now you saw the movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So let me ask you. and You guys saw it on on youtube
0: i was gonna say this Not is a in- quick say if anybody wants to watch it it's on you can watch it on youtube great movie yes
3: go to youtube it's one last ride movie, movie. Yeah, yeah you gotta put a movie in at the end of one last ride movie
0: perfect um
3: perfect. and and uh it you know ang ang came on for me it, it it uh it really helped it really 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 helped and putting everybody putting everybody together with me just just really really helped me helped me a lot uh, we shot that. Now, let me ask you a question. Yeah. I'll let you it know. you. So you both saw the movie. Yes. And, but you didn't see it on the big screen. No. So you saw it there. But what would you think the budget I shot that movie for? Now, that's on film. That's not on video. That
0: sure, movie back was in the shot day. On film. This was,
3: shot was 2002,
0: 2003 when you were filming it, probably somewhere around yep.
3: there.
0: Yep. 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 How,
3: much think, how much did you think the budget was on it?
0: uh I would say like three, four million.
1: Okay.
2: You agree with that? Um no, that seems like a lot. Two million?
1: Okay.
3: You wanna know what I shot down the movie? Yeah. Five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> See that's I shot that movie in eighteen days for a half a million dollars. Everybody got paid. Yep. <laughs> on trailers because you, you don't think these guys were gonna go like sit on a chair without being in a window bagel, that was <laughs> okay. Everybody got paid. Catering was great, you know. Last day lobster, a whole nine yards. Just shows you that between me and John Kelly, yeah. if you know what the hell you were doing, you can you can really make a move. Everybody thinks the same thing. They're thinking two million, three million. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well,
2: you would think just with the cast alone that you—I mean—because the cast is so brilliant—and you would think they're really oh, yeah. you got a ton of money tied up oh, there.
3: Yeah. Well, they they made, they didn't work for their normal salary. They did me a favor, but they all still got paid. Jazz yeah. got flown in. We flew jazz in. 'Cause he's he's in New York. He in uh and you know, got put up at the peninsula and you yeah. know, some of so. them. But yeah, we shot shot that for a half a million dollars in eighteen days.
0: And and compared to like Kindred where we're talking about where there's uh limited locations, that had mm-hmm. a lot of a lot more locations. Yeah we,
3: yeah, we were all over LA. I couldn't do it now. Yeah. There's no absolutely no way in God's heaven I can make that movie. Uh, for that money, well, um, sure. and, and also also in 18 days. I wouldn't be able to, to get around just the traffic alone. I wouldn't be able to jump around to, to get to all those locations.
0: So you when know? you were doing the movie so, for 18 days, you're like, this is going to be the fastest movie I ever made until you got I, the camera. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that was
3: quick. I, I didn't think I'd do. I didn't think I'd break that record. Are you kidding? Me? <laughs> Until Adrian came along, when we're shooting this in eleven, I was like, "Wow, ah, eleven! Oh my God! Are you kidding me? <laughs> Seriously?" You know, there's one scene in, in Kindred. Well, the scene, the first scene that you see in, in Okay, his apartment. We have that that whole that whole big. That's a five page scene. We shot that in one afternoon. Wow, you shoot five page in one afternoon is just nuts i can't, I can't put it in any way so my my effect i just said this to adrian two days ago we were talking on the phone I said the next movie if you're asking me in it please no more than two pages to three a day that's my <laughs> limit i can't do in six anymore you know it's grueling but you know we had to do so uh and, and a lot of a lot here go back to again one last ride very much like Kindred. I had said to Tony, the director, to understand, I was the producer, Mm
1: -hmm. I was
3: the writer, I was the lead actor in that movie. So uh, it it would go like this. If we were shooting a scene, let's say at a dinner table, if the scene takes place at a dinner table, okay, they're setting the shot up, I'm sitting at the table with everybody while they're setting the shot up. I got one guy coming over this shoulder, talking to me about production and signing things, Mm -hmm. Another guy coming over this shoulder, talking to me about writing, the writing in a script girl coming over on this side of me. And then all of a sudden I hear Tony, the director, go, Pow, hey, we're ready to go. Okay, they walk away, click back on, and go back into the role. So it was it was uh yeah, it was crazy.
0: <laughs> Chaotic, <laughs> but um how how rewarding once you saw the final product?
3: When I saw the final product, it just, you know, it blew me away. Yeah. It just blew me away, you know. Even they had cut a trailer while while when we finished the, the film, they cut the trailer, and I brought it home. And my wife and I sat down and looked at it, and literally tears just came out of my eyes because I was waiting ten years to make the movie. Passion you know, and I held on,
0: passion yeah. project for you.
3: Yeah, and my dad, my dad, story and my dad's cousin. My dad always used to tease me. He goes, "So you got my story? I'm expecting royalty checks, mail." <laughs> At least once a month, you know? <laughs> <laughs> With
0: Checks in the mail, Dad. Just yeah, check. yeah. Checks in the mail. <laughs> so, uh, talking about location, the opening of Long uh, One, last One, last One Last Ride. One Last Ride. You're at the track. Yep. Kudos, you know, to get be able to film at the track. <laughs> um, so let's talk about that, and then amazing first scene, which I, when I watch it, I'm like, "There's no way this happened." <laughs> you just drumped this yeah. up when you were writing it
3: no <laughs> that's exactly what happened one night my father and my, wow. my dad's cousin Jeannie he put a I don't know how many thousands on a horse that he got a tip and him my father and my my uncle at the rail and you know there's Jeannie this is the big one Frank it's coming in it's coming in this is the one thing goes off the jockey was holding the horse back because he he was a half half a half a head of, of of everybody. Okay, he started and he came into the stretch. He held the held the reins, and my cousin uh, Jeannie, saw saw it happening. Boom! He lost. He lost by like the head of the other horse. And his, his my father said his eyes got like as big as his whole face, and he just went right over. <laughs> and I won't give it away for people that never saw the movie, but it, <laughs> the, the opening scene is true. Now, I'll tell you something about the opening scene. Opening scene. We go to shoot that part, and I have to fall a certain way when I'm on that track. Okay. Okay? Because the next shot, you see it, is a close-up of me. So I got to fall a certain way, so boom, camera could come in, they can cut it. Well, we did it three times, and what I was doing was, as I fell, I would roll my arm in, so I would land just the way that we needed to land. The fourth take, my arm went down, but what happened was my elbow got caught in my ribs. And when I landed, the rib cracked. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I had a lot more shooting to do. <laughs> yeah. And and I think I did two more takes after that. But when I went home, I knew that I that I popped the rib. I cracked the rib. I knew. I knew because I couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe. Yeah. So they strapped me up. You know, they when you crack the ribs, that's all they can do. They can't do anything else. Right. Yeah, you know, take a nap. So I was popping Advil's the next day, and the next day we shot was the church scene, where you see me getting out of the car, and I'm walking into the church with the cane. Yeah. Okay? And they had they had so tight around my around my ribs, I, I couldn't even get the words out in a decent way. And I just got to the point where I, I stopped. I said, stop, everybody. I pulled my shirt off, took my jacket off. I went, took it all off. And Tony said, how are you going to work? I said, just go. Give me the Advil's. Just go. <laughs> so the next, you know, whatever days that I shot, uh, I shot with the uh, with the crack grip.
0: Wow, that's painful. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. it's that. Uh, it was it was
0: very very painful. But there's when a I producer did... stepping in going money. Oh, on the absolutely. No, a
3: producer. Yeah, I kept going. Just keep going. Shut up. Keep going. Okay, there's a lot of money right now. You got to get this done because we can't come back. You know, we were paying for locations. Sure. Uh, the only place we didn't pay was was. Uh, was the was the track uh because Claire and she was friends she was friends with uh, the producer from NYPD blue and he had horses there David and so he he made it so that they, they would give us the track and here's the best one mm-hmm. San Diego we shot with the crowd the the crowd scene that was the track was open and that was a real crowd
1: okay because oh, oh. I, couldn't,
3: I I couldn't put all those extras and I had a few extras we had signs up. You walk in front of the camera, you're on, don't ask any questions. That's life. Okay. Don't don't ask me for a release because it's not gonna happen. And but that's the first time that Santa Anita Racetrack ever let a film crew in when they were open. Wow. To shoot. Cause we got in there a week after Steve uh, uh, Biscuit. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, just uh, just finished.
0: Shoot. So there so you kinda of wrote on the, the coattail of the inspiration of Sea Biscuit. Yeah. and they're like, yep. oh, another another yeah, another horse, yeah, another horse yep. fun story, and you're like,
3: yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, they did ask for the script at one point, okay, and and I went into panic mode. I went into panic mode. I said, okay, if I got to hand them the script, I said to John and I said to Claire, I said, Claire, if I gotta, if I got to hand them the script, I'm in trouble. This is about a compulsive horse gambler who's taking his family and his life down the toilet. I said, this is not this is not come to the track and have a nice day and have hot dog. You know? Right. So <laughs> I said, "Holy shit!" And I went home that night when they said they went before because we were in we were in pre production. I started taking out as much as I could take out. Well, as I'm taking it out, I look at it and I go, "I got a short film. There's back. no There's nothing left. <laughs> this, is this, is, this is like a short film festival. This is not going to work." So what happened was Claire had called David. NYPD Blue producer. Okay. And he went and called the track and he said, oh, I read the script. It's great. It's very happy. It's all light. Don't worry about it. I got it. Don't worry about it. So thank God they went off of David and they, they let us get in there and, and shoot because my heart went from here to here.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'll
3: tell one more story about it and then we can move on. Okay. Uh, the, per- the the guy that plays my my friend in the movie, my, my, my buddy there.
1: Yeah.
3: Joe Marinelli. Well, that's not who was cast. Who was cast in that role was Sean Penn's brother, Chris. Chris, Chris Penn. Oh, wow! So he, he, he. They started calling because once Aang came on, and Chas came on, and, and Robert Davi came on. You know, all of a sudden, you know, the managers and agents started calling us. You know, names, more names. And, of course, the Germans are like, oh, no, we need more names, more names. I said, no, we don't need more names, okay? we got enough names. And and he, his, his manager called probably three or four times. Please, please, please. We knew that Chris had a problem. Yeah. With alcohol and drugs, unfortunately. And I met with him. We sat down and we read and we met. We sat down and read twice. And, um, unfortunately, we cast him. And the first day of shooting, he went off the rail, <laughs>
0: and I had to fire him. Yeah, and I loved him.
3: Great guy. Chris was really, really, really great guy.
0: He would have. He would have. Yeah. He, he he was his his short career. He he did a lot of great stuff, and he oh, he would have gone on stuff. better. So
3: oh, yeah, absolutely. There's no no doubt about it. And and you know even when we were doing the uh, you know reading together and. In the, in the casting, you know, the chemistry was there between us, you mm-hmm. know, and he was so big and, you know, being be, me being smaller, five, six, and he was a big guy and stuff, but it uh, didn't work out. So I got Chaz flying in the next day. I let Chris go. I'm in the middle of the day shooting. Okay. Follow me here. Mm-hmm. I now have. Chaz flying in to shoot the next day, and the scenes with Chaz were supposed to be in the restaurant with me and Chris and Chaz. Sure. <laughs> Watch the film. It's just me and Chaz. I went home after shooting all day, right, 12 hours, 13 hours. I went home. I had to rewrite the scenes because I didn't have anybody to play the second lead with me. Wow. I came back the next day, shot some stuff with Chaz in the morning. On my lunch, went over to the casting director's office. Had a ton of guys come in, read with them to play my to play to play my buddy in the in the film. Yep. Joe came in, he nailed it. Thank God. Yeah. They put me back in the van, shot me back to the back to the set to go back to finish the day with checks. <laughs> so, you know, saying saying it was a stressful. Uh, <laughs> I loved every minute of it, but it was pretty pretty, stressful. But, you know, those those are the things. People go, you know, you, everybody. You know, you go watch a movie, and, you know, you're, you're mesmerized, of course, if it's a good film, and you go, wow, that was really terrific. And you have no idea.
1: No. No idea.
3: The, the crap and the things that happened and things that go on uh, and, to make a movie. Um, you know, everybody, oh, I'd love to do that. You got no idea what it takes.
0: <laughs> you know? But now so the minute you're telling the story in my head I'm I'm revisiting that scene going, Wow, how would it have been different had you had, you know, your cousin yep. your buddy with you? Yeah, so, yep. yep. It's just interesting. I love interesting facts like that. So I appreciate yeah, that.
3: Yeah, yeah. And and what well I mean what I did was if you know, when you see the movie, I get out of the car and you know, he he keeps him in the back seat and takes him for a ride, you know. Jazz's little uh, right hand guy there, uh, Tony. You know, so you know, the, I you know I did what I had to do in a very, you know, I had a short period of time, but I was wearing hats. So it was um, when we finished the <laughs> we finished the film. The next day, I looked at looked at Mattel and my wife, and I said, "Okay, I'm making a reservation in Vegas. We're going to the Monte Carlo. I'm getting a suite. I got to get out of town because I'm going to lose my mind." If <laughs> I don't. And I just like escaped, you know. We came, we came over here and hung out with the, the three of us. Good, so that's great. But um, you know, thank I got I have to thank Aang, you know, for uh, you know for doing you know for doing what he did, you know, to put his name on it. Yeah, so, so
0: he put his name on it. Well, yeah, what, yeah how, I, how did that come about?
3: <laughs> <laughs> so Aang, I, I was I was in New York. Uh, this was late seventies, early eighties, uh, working theater, you know, off Broadway and off off Broadway. And I wanted to do. Uh, I wanted to learn film, uh, acting, because it's two different. You know, it's two different media. Yeah. You know, you're on stage, and you know, you're, you're 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 reaching the back the back row of the of the uh, of the auditorium. You know, you, you're on. You know, you're on film. You know, the camera the camera's right here, and it's a totally different way, different technique. Um, so I wanted to learn it, and I decided I was going to go to NYU uh where the directors were making the grad school making their movies so i you know they would they would audition for actors and one one a first year uh, grad school student was doing his 10 minute silent film and he had called me in so i said okay so i you know went over there and and as i walk in there's this chinese kid s- speaking really broken english <laughs> sitting in the corner all by himself I went, all right and i went over to the director i did what the director wanted I'm walking out, and this Chinese kid uh, stops me, and he says, "I do film. Can you call me?" And he hands me his number. <laughs> I said, "Yeah, okay, sure." So I called him up, and we met for for dinner up by NYU. He showed me his storyboard, and you know the whole the whole nine yards. And it was Ang, it was Ang Lee. And um, I, you know, I said, "Yeah, I'll do it with you absolutely." And he always jokes because, you know. In, uh, Chinese red is like like really big thing for them, the color mm, red, right. you know. And I walked in to that dinner, and he said, you had these red corduroy pants on. <laughs> walked in. And I just went, even before you said anything, I said, he's got to do this movie with me. That's what <laughs> that I So we shot, we shot his first 10-minute silent film, and I always joke with him. I knew him before he knew what the hell he was doing behind the camera. Um, and and uh, here's, an, here's a here's here's a quick story on. Yeah. So he only has my phone number. He doesn't know where I live in Manhattan. Uh, I I shot the film. We got along really well, and I never spoke to him again. Okay. A year later, I have an obscene phone caller calling my apartment in New York City on that number day and night. So I said to my wife, I said before I kill this person, <laughs> yeah. I said I got to change this for me unlisted. You know. And and I said, I have to. So, you know, we got to do what we got to do. So I called the operator in New York. I said, i got an obscene phone caller. I need to can't cut this number off and give me an unlisted number. Back in the 80s, you guys are too young. You don't know this. But back in the 80s, when you got an unlisted phone number, you paid for it. Okay. Why you paid for an unlisted number they didn't have to print? I never understood the <laughs> You know, I'm going, why am I paying for a number? You don't have to print, you know, but you had to pay for it. Okay. Yeah. So she said, okay, here's your new number. It's unlisted. Okay. No problem. The other number is cut off. Great. Two days later, my phone rings. I pick the phone up and I go, hello. And on the line, I hear, ha ah, and I went, hang? And he said, oh, thank God. And I said, no, stop. <laughs> How'd you get this number? He said, "Well, I just wrote my second year black and white sound singing film for you to do the lead role in, and I called your old number and they said and it was disconnected and my heart stopped. So I called the operator and she gave me this number.
0: <laughs> Good thing you're paying for it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> to this, so listen to me. To this day, when I lay in bed every night, every night, 365 nights a year, I go." Thank you, whoever you are. Thank you for giving <laughs> him the number. All right, if have never found it, he said, "I didn't know how I was going to find you." Yeah, and I just like, shoot, not supposed to give you the number. It's unlisted. I'm <laughs> right. paying for the number. It's unlisted. You know, but and, thank and you. I went off. Yeah, and and I we did we did his 10 minute we did 10 minute we did his um his black and white sound sync year I started in. He won the Taiwan International Film Festival for best short with that movie, and mm-hmm. I came home, and that, then then we, we became very, we started to get really close, and um, I came home, and I told told my wife, I said, he's going to be a very famous director. I said, I'm telling you right now, yeah. this guy is, because I had run off, It was there was a running joke at NYU grad school. What ended up happening was, I started running off all these films for all these, because they would see, they would see like a daily in the classroom, and then other directors started coming to me. I think I ran off like Six films in like in like the second year, his second year. All well, these other directors. So so the joke was every time a, the, the, the they would roll the in the club they'd watch a clip from a film. It would be me, you know. So so I got a lot. I believe me, I got a lot, a lot of use out of out of, out of NYU grad school. What great uh, and then, Yeah, it was great. Oh, it helped me helped me a hell of a lot to understand film and how to make, you know. And, uh, and then he, he came to me and he was going to do his, um, his thesis film. Okay. And he had an idea. He said, I have an idea for a, uh, an Italian kid from Little Italy and a Chinese girl who's here illegally and she becomes a victim of his world. You write the Italian, I'll write the Chinese. And I said, okay. So we sat down and we started hashing out this 45-minute you know, color uh, thesis film for him. And we were casting someone to play my cousin in the film. We went through three days of casting. The last person to walk in to, to and we were doing uh, uh, improvs. Guy comes in, the last guy comes in. We did it. We ran about two or three improvs. He walked out. I looked at Aang, and looked at me, and we both went, he's it. And it was Chaz Palminteri. Ah. <laughs> and and uh, we did, the, the three of us made, made Aang's um, thesis film called Fine Line, and it won him the uh, best picture Best director and best cinematographer uh, for uh, the NYU uh, Film Festival. Fine, we, wow. swept, we swept the entire festival with it. Is, you know,
2: is is and there anywhere you can find that film? I just wrote it. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. You can find it. You got to come to my house. I have it upstairs <laughs> my camera. <laughs> Surround sound and everything. Perfect. <laughs> wow. I got, I got, I got all, I've got all the films
0: I think he just invited us. Uh, I think he did. Yeah, I, think I think that's perfect. an invite. <laughs>
3: You're welcome. Got knows. The house is big enough. We got it unfilled. No problem. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> You're definitely welcome. No doubt. We'll have some good wine. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Not so, to mention my Italian wife making pasta and, and meatballs and uh, sausage for us. Oh, now, now I'm now really sold. so. Sold. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we, we, well, I was gonna say we'll bring their wine and it won't be boxed. Sorry, Adrian.
3: <laughs> oh, Adrian, ow, oh, ow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> poor,
2: poor Adrian, oh. not here to defend himself.
3: <laughs> that's how those guys. Uh, you know, we we became friends, and you know, I did a couple of movies down the road with Aang and uh, the Hulk, which which I'm on the DVD. They I got cut out, but they put me oh. in the DVDs. So oh, okay. Cool. And, and uh and then i did taking woodstock which, um, fantastic movie yeah yeah that was great and that, i'm i i said that it came to me because it was a true story and it was a book it's a book called taking Woodstock: how woodstock really came to be and my manager was friends with the guy that the story's about and wrote the book and they wanted Ang to to do it so my manager said well you know let me talk to pat and let me read the book i read the book and i was just like holy shit that's how you know that's how it really took place. You know it almost didn't happen. Right. And um, I brought it. I brought it to Aang. and uh, Aang actually didn't want to do it because there's a gay there's a gay scene kind of underneath it all. You know, yeah. and, and Woodstock, and he had done Brokeback Mountain, and he, he's like, you know, I don't I don't I don't want to do another gay film. And I said, no no no, it's not that's not what it's about. Right. And uh, I spent uh, four hours on the on the phone with Aang. Talking him into why he should do taking Woodstock, and then he brought it over to James Sheamus, who was the president of Universal Focus, because they had you know produced movies together, and the three of us met at Woodstock. Uh, oh, nice! The day after Thanksgiving, uh, we met there, and and we looked at that. My manager set up for us to go over by Yasker's house and his barn, which was just amazing. Uh, Yasker was, obviously, it's, you know, that's, it was his land Mm -hmm. that they did Woodstock on, which is now, if you ever go to New York, go there and go to Woodstock and see, it's a museum, it's an amphitheater, it's like holy ground, man. It's just, it's all fenced in, security all over the place. It's, you know, I mean, it's an iconic moment in America, you know, without a doubt. And um, so, so, you know, I I knew James, he read the book, and once James showed up, when I got back. to my to my mother in law's house. I told my wife, I said, he's just green lighting the movie. There was no doubt. I knew once she read it and saw it, you know. Go. And I was gonna go in as a full producer and I ended up not because I would have had to stay there for about seven months and my twelve year old daughter Gianna was not happy with that. So mm-hmm. I said, You know what, I'll take a co give me co producing at the end of the movie. I said and then and I'll figure a role out that I'll come in for one week and just shoot it and you know and it all worked out great worked great at great. role of Charlie. Yeah, your, you know, role, your
2: role is great. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I mean, I love it. I love the. I love the mother just attacking you guys. Oh, she was great.
3: But you, she's, she's from. She's from uh, Harry Potter. Oh, you know that, right? I'm not a oh, Harry yeah. Potter guy, so I don't
0: yeah, me either. So. Uh, yeah, if
3: you ever watch Harry Potter, she's actually fam- famous English actress. Okay. And yeah, she was in Harry Potter. She oh, was great. She was such a sweetheart. Yeah, she's, she's awesome. You said, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna jump on your back. I said, Dad, just go for it. <laughs> just go for it. You know? Yeah, she's crazy. She was crazy, and, ah! you know, oh. and she comes leaping up my back. <laughs> and then he comes up and he goes, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Really, You're <laughs> really gonna ask?" small. Come on, man. really. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, anyway, that's and that's how you know. And they've been my my best, my closest friends of uh, forty years. Well, you know,
0: I've. I'm, yeah, I'm, number one I'm glad you brought the film to him because it's a wonderful film. It is. Um and it it teaches us things you don't know. I mean, yeah. the younger generation that weren't there, you know, it, it's very interesting and it's just a good movie. It is,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's an amazing character because he does things he absolutely has no knowledge about.
1: Mm-hmm. He knew
3: nothing about Woodstock Uh um, Sure. He did he did sensibility. Uh, that's another one of Aang's mm-hmm. movies and he came in, He came to LA calls me up and he says let's go to lunch I'll pick you up I said okay so he picks me up we go downtown LA to try and we're sitting there having lunch so I, I said to him here it comes again your your connection is unstable I'm unstable guys <laughs> um, and, and it's coming on my screen and and um, I he, he I said, so what are you going to do and he goes I'm leaving for London in the morning And I went, okay, what are you going to London for? And he goes, I'm going to film a Jane Austen movie, a book. And I went, wait, wait, wait. I said, you know, nothing. What the hell does a Chinese guy know about a Jane Austen book? And he looks at me and he goes, nothing. That's what I'm worried about. (laughs) I know nothing about it. But that's that's the project he likes to do. You know, they came to him at one point, and they asked him to do one of the Terminator movies. Oh. And he just and he just said, Nope, not doing it. Sure. Not 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 gonna do it. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, they wanted to do another Hulk movie. And he said, No, I won't I won't do a movie that I already did. Did that done? Do that did. Yeah.
2: It's what? Like, I'm he's
3: moving on. Yeah, I was gonna say, on. what
2: is it, what does a Chinese guy know about two gay cowboys? That's that's another one. <laughs>
3: there you go. Well you know what? Here, I'll tell you a funny story. She said with two gay cowboys. So when One Last Ride came out, he had already done Brokeback Mountain, which is a big success. Right? Yeah. So now we're at the screening in New York of One Last Ride, and Aang is there. I picked him up with the you know with the limo. We went, and so now we're sitting there, and I have to do a Q and A after after the film, right, for the audience, talking about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So so I, <laughs> I said I I was standing there and I said well I said you know I said it took me ten years and I said you know I I, I I was in the car with Aang and I, I couldn't believe that it actually was done and we were driving here to watch this on the on the big screen with everyone and it was it was like a dream and I was gonna ask Aang to pinch me but then I remembered he did Broke Back Mountain. So I thought that might not be a good idea right now. Not whole audience the audience went out. He started laughing, you know, he cracked he cracked up. But you know, yeah what is what is what is you know what does a, a straight straight Asian guy know you know about two two gay cowboys falling in love
0: yeah right you know? right um, but uh, but you know like uh, between Brokeback Mountain and take um Woodstock maybe that's what it needed was somebody that knew nothing about it to come yeah, in exactly. and let's exactly. explore well, he, it. yeah
3: he he, bring, he brings something fresh to it yeah. simply because he knows nothing about it and now he's he's discovering it as he's going into the project you know, and he's—he—that's he's, he, how he works. That's how he works, and that's how he works it out.
0: Excited about know? it. Excited about yeah. it to, to learn and all that stuff.
3: Yeah, a whole new—it's a whole new thing to him. You know, it's—it's—it's it's, it's completely new, new ball game of what he's going to do. So, but that's—that's—that's that's, that's Mr. Lee. God bless him. I love him.
0: Yeah. I—I I, I look forward to his his films when they come out. I, you know, there's certain directors that you like wait for their next movie.
3: Yeah, he's one yeah. of them. He's one of them. oh yeah, yeah. He's one of the top five directors in Hollywood. I mean, that's you know, that's it. He's got every 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 award known to man. You know, uh, every everything is on his shelf. So,
0: and the other but, thing I like about him is it's not always um, he doesn't he doesn't huge. He doesn't need it. You know, he just wants to make his movies. We'll bre- release. Is, Let's see what they do. He,
3: yep, and he's so unpretentious. You have no idea. Hmm. He is so low key. You wouldn't even know if he's in the room. You wouldn't even know he's there. You know, and that's, that's, but he's always been that way. Okay. You know, he's, he's he's always been that way. Even at NYU being obviously the top director, Mm -hmm. you know, time he hit, you know, his third year in grad school. uh, He was still the same way. He was like, I just want to make a movie. That's all. Hope you like it.
0: Hope you you like it. Yeah, Yeah. there you go. I think that's what it is. Yeah, exactly. You know,
3: you know, and, and, you know, the crazy thing is he doesn't do it for the money at all doesn't do it for the money at all, you know. Yeah. I even said one time, I said, so uh, what are you worth there, my Chinese friend? And he looked at me, and he said, I have no idea. I went, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, and we were eating, and we were eating. So the waiter brought the brought the, the tap, and I said, well, since you don't have any idea, I said, you can pay the bill. <laughs> yeah. I said, so don't ask me for any of it. <laughs> right, right, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so anyway, that's that's uh, that's Chaz and Ang and um, you know I spent spent uh, 35 years in in, uh, in Hollywood so you know you I worked with with uh, Rodney is like I said where I, where I met um, where I met Robert and uh, Rodney was another one great guy great great guy
0: um, the fourth tenor so how was that experience working the, the with Rodney?
3: <laughs> well, Rodney, God God bless his soul. Uh, he helped a lot, a lot, a lot of guys, a lot of young. Comedians. I'm talking Jim Carrey, Andy Kaufman, all these guys, when they were young co- trying to get a break, none of the old guys would put them put them on before before they went on. And Rodney was the only one that helped him. And he'd put him in Danger Fields, you know, his his comedy store mm-hmm. in in, uh, in New York and stuff. And he, he would sit and tell us stories that would just laugh. You just laugh your ass off. But he was he was the greatest guy, but Rodney Rodney God bless his soul he probably smoked more pot than everybody at Woodstock <laughs> and and, and he loved his pot and the, the, the trick was to keep Rodney out of the trailer oh because Rodney went to the trailer Rodney would blow a joint and be a very long night of trying to get Rodney to remember lines they got to remember he's in his late 70s at this point when I made this movie with him okay
0: so the Rodney's first- has a great – his, his story is great because he was so late going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, where his fame was like Yeah.
3: You know, it's, it's, it's amazing if you go back and you really learn about, you know, how, it, how he came to be. Right. You know, it's amazing. And, and so he, I got on the set. It takes place in an Italian restaurant that Rodney owns. I play Nunzio, his maitre d' in the restaurant. And he never called me by my, my real name, Pat. He only called me Nunji. That was it. The whole time. All right, no matter what. On the set, off the set, didn't matter. So I get there the first night, and we're going to shoot. Now I'm at the podium in the restaurant, and the shot is Rodney's down there. Rodney walks to me. We do the dialogue. Rodney goes back towards the camera. Exit right. Huh, okay, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> so so here I am. Rodney comes to me. ba 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 Rodney goes towards the camera. He exits left. <laughs> cut, cut, cut what what did i do all right you went left you gotta go right what are you talking about oh whatever munzio which way did i go we went that way you gotta go down all right i got this let's walk and go right now come on roll the tape. 15 takes later somewhere between 15 and 20 takes later we finally got the shot and i called my wife and i said sweetheart do not wait up for me because i have so much overtime on this movie it's going to be nuts and sure enough, the great thing was because Rodney was, a you know, a comedian and especially Vegas and stuff, he always slept all morning. So usually you go in a movie and, you know, it's four o'clock in the morning, be on a set five o'clock in the morning. Well, Rodney wouldn't get up. So we didn't have to be on a set till 12 o'clock in the afternoon. So <laughs> hey, I can sleep all morning and then get to the set at 12 o'clock at midnight through 12 hours and then go home. <laughs> Yeah, Uh, but it's actually very. And and Warner Brothers put it out. I don't know what why why they didn't do a better job with distributing. Obviously on DVD and everything. Sure. But it's a very funny movie. Yeah. I mean, it's really, really. It's a very, very funny movie. You know that he did. It's got to be. Amazon might have. I mean, yeah. I mean, Amazon might have it. It's got to be somewhere because it's on DVD. Like I said, Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers put it out. So and and uh, you know you. know he was a great guy. He was just—he was just a, a real sweet guy uh, to me. It, I did a Columbo, Peter Falk. God rest his soul. Another one, really great guy. I, I'll tell you a funny, funny, a funny Hollywood story about Jack Nicholson. Oh. So um, Chaz does a movie with Sean Penn and Kevin Spacey and a couple other guys. Uh, I think it was a David Rabb play, and I forgot the name of it. Um, so we go to the premiere. And then after the premiere, there's the party. You know, there's the dinner. So we, we all, there are, uh, I think, four of us, four of us with our wives, four or five of us with our wives, right? So we go into the, the restaurant where it's, you know, just to the private, private dinner. And so now here's two tables, right? Right here. And there's space between the two tables. And sitting right here is Nicholson. And sitting right here is his date for the day so this was an open table so this was this was booths and these were chairs so we we took that table and we we decided let the let the wives go into the booth you know so now he's eating nicholson is eating okay and now the wives are walking this way in between the tables with their back to jack okay and they go in and they sit down they sit down my wife sits she's the last one sitting next to jack's date and i sit down right next to jack like that so i lean over to Nicholson. And I said to him, Jack, I said, sorry, we didn't mean to disturb you while you were eating. And Nicholson looks at me with a big smile and he goes, don't worry, the fucking view was beautiful. (laughs) Because he was checking out every ass on our wives that was walking past him, going and sitting down, pure Nicholson, true story. story. I was going to
0: say, that's Jack.
3: And that's funny, Jack and I, we talked the whole night that we were there, and my wife talked with... She said, "Oh, are you Jack's date?" And the, <laughs> for the night, the woman goes, "No, I'm not Jack's date. I'm just a friend, and I'm here just accompanying him tonight." <laughs> she admit to being a Jack's date <laughs> for the night. <laughs> cut to cut to. I used to go because of Claire Kupchak and Mitch Kupchak, I used to sit in Mitch Kupchak's seats at the Lakers with Claire, right? Oh, and which were which were three rows behind Jack, and underneath the Staples Center. There's two rooms. There's one room that's a family room that, that private, you know, and they have food in there and everything for certain people. And then there had next to it was the Jerry Buss Bar where, you know, all the celebrities and everything. So I we would go into the family room before the game and we would eat. So the first day that the first time that I go into the family room, who's sitting there? Nicholson. So I walked in and this was just, you know, recent right after, you know, we right, we were at the table eating. And I looked at him, and I just laughed. And I went, Jack! And I said, the view, and he looked at me and goes, well, it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, you know, every time I went in, we used to sit and talk and, and hang out. He was a great guy. Yeah. He was a great guy. And he would never, do you know? And, every, and People think, they go, really? And they go, really? Never, Jack would never go into the bar. Oh, really? You oh. see Jack going into Jerry Buss's bar and drink. Nope. he went into the family room. He ate, hung out there, went to the game, back into the family room. If he wanted some drinks or, so, you know, water or whatever, and go home. Oh, never sure. go, You would think Nicholson would be hanging out in a bar with everybody. Absolutely.
0: Because everybody, everybody
3: else was in that bar. I mean, literally one night we had, uh, we, we, <laughs> with Claire, uh, we were waiting for Mitch to come after the game. So we were in the bar having a drink, and Hugh Hefner was in there with his uh, silicone girls. <laughs> and, and and it was his birthday, and so we had to sing "Happy Birthday" to Hugh Hefner in in buses in buses bar. Uh, but Jack would everybody was in there. I mean, everybody. You mean a celebrity? They were in there with us.
2: You, didn't, like you didn't. You didn't have the hammer when you sang "Happy Birthday" to Hugh, did you? Uh,
3: no. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. I mean, you gotta understand. When I was singing, I wasn't looking at you. you, know, <laughs> yeah. I looking at you. So, right. You know. So looking at him.
2: Uh, <laughs> good point. Good point. Because, as Jack would say, the view was beautiful.
3: <laughs> the view was beautiful. Yeah, exactly. But great guy. he was a great guy. One of my so, favorites. Yeah. but You know, most of them, are you you know, if you don't, bother, if you don't to them, you know, they're they're everybody. They're all cool. A couple of them aren't aren't very nice, but I'm not going to mention names. Yeah. But you know, some some of them are, not some aren't. You know, that's just the way it goes. But sometimes, you know, you get a you get a little taste. I mean, I got a little taste of it many years ago uh, when I was doing the television show in New Jersey, uh, when I first started the comedy show, because it was on five nights a week. And it was on, we had like 5,000 fan clubs, and it got really, really big. And i never forget, I was in my 20s, and I had just started. And I, my wife and I were sitting in a steakhouse in New Jersey, and... A lot of the college kids and the high school kids and thirty-year-olds used to watch the show because it was very uh, Saturday Night Live stole from us back in the back in the seventies oh. and Yeah, and I'll, I'll I'll tell you I'll finish this with that. We I'm in the in the steakhouse one night and we're sitting there and all of a sudden these three college guys walk in. And they, they stop right next to my table. Oh God, it's Pat Cooper. Oh my God, from the Floyd Show. Oh, we watch you every night. We love. It. I said, Oh, it's great, guys. Thank you very much. Oh, and it's fantastic. We love all your characters. We crack up, you know, all the time. We're sending you stuff. I said, Yeah, that's great. Thank God. They now decide to take three chairs and pull them up to the table. <laughs> and I sat there and I, go, what are you doing? And they go, Oh man, we're going to have dinner with you. This is so cool. And I went, No, no, no. God, God. You're not having dinner with me. This is like a private dinner with me. No, 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 man. You're too cool. We got to hang with you. We got to have, come on, we'll buy the drinks. We'll pay for the dinner. And I went, okay, you're not getting it. I looked at my wife and said, pick up your plate, pick a glass, pick up your silverware, follow me. And I said, guys, thank you very much. I'm glad you enjoy the show. Glad you enjoy my characters. Keep watching the show. But this is a private dinner. Have a nice day. I got up with my wife, walked to the back of the restaurant, found the table, and sat down. The waiter must have come back and went, "Where the hell did these three college guys that were left sitting there?" And they were like, "Uh, like that, you know." So that was, you know, a little tiny taste of, you know, what what happens, you know, what happens to you know Nicholson and these, you know, these people when you know when they're out and about.
0: So constantly, yeah, yeah.
3: For the most part, you know, if you're cool, to to most of them, they're you know they're they're pretty they're pretty cool, you know, with you. Um, You know, but some people, I I think, I think, because I've done a lot of TV. I mean, I've done a lot of television from Mm -hmm. in the 80s and the 90s and and in the, you know, 2000. Um, It's kind of when you're, when you do TV, you're in their living room. Sure. So you're in their house. So they feel like you're part of their family. Okay.
0: And they feel like they know you.
3: Exactly. Exactly. You have dinner with us. We eat dinner. We watch your show. You know, we have coffee and we watch your show. When you're just doing movies, it's a different. They they look at it differently. You're on a big screen. They got to pay to come and see you. Mm.
0: So good point. There's,
3: there's this separation. Yeah. The movie star, and then there's the, the yeah. you know the, the audience. When it's television, it's like that. They 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 feel like. You know, because even even you know, I used to get stuff in the mail if I did a, a guest starring role, and some stuff was nice, some stuff was you know, crazy people sending me you know, crazy letters, you know, uh, and, and you know, because you're they think you're in their living room, yeah. you know, and they're hanging out. Yeah. So you know, now it's even worse, I guess, because now it's streaming and it's on the internet, and you know, now you really, you know, now you really live within.
0: And you got two slugs from Wisconsin bugging you, <laughs> bugging you to talk to us.
3: It's <laughs> oh, been great fun, man. You guys are great. You guys are absolutely great. So you know, I I, to, I told you when you texted me and you said you know the video problem that we had. Yeah. The first time around, I said you guys eating too much cheese. I said that, uh, that's your problem out there, in Wisconsin <laughs> Green, Green Bay packer fans. Oh, of course. Yep. Yeah, of yep. course. You must have been happy last night,
0: huh?
2: Yeah, much much happier last night than last week. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. So. We'll
0: see if it continues. <laughs> so, where's your where's your loyalty from New York? New, my, LA, uh, yeah. uh,
3: my loyalty is is I go way back. Uh, my loyalty is with the Jets and Joe neighbor Ah, so well, so it's been a hard it's been a hard travel. Well, you know, I, I well, who did I just text? One of my friends back there, another Jet fan. I said I got I got the solution, and they said what? I said just bring back Namath. <laughs> I said, shoot him up, put him back on the field. I said, he could probably do better than than what we're doing now. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah that was my uh, – I've been a Jet fan since, 60s, Wait, since the you,
2: 60s. You had Brett Farr for one year, so.
3: Yeah, we had we had Brett for, for one year, yeah. and we had, Boomer, we had Boomer for a little while. <laughs> oh, there. yeah. That's right. I, he, he came in, and Sanchez, you know. Yeah, and you've, stuff. you've gone like, through a lot of quarterbacks. Ah, <laughs> geez. <laughs> oh, geez. You know. That uh, coach, yeah. Yeah, all well, the coaches forget the coaches, man. It's, you know, we've been through the ringer with the coaches over there. But someday, you know, they'll be, hopefully before I'm dead, I'd like to see them get to the Super Bowl one more time. You know. Well. But we'll see. We'll see what you, happens. You never
0: know. You never know. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> the,
2: no, the, you don't. The Cubs won the World Series, right? There's always a chance.
3: Oh, yeah, that's true. Yes, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. All right.
2: Well, th- thank you again. Um we could—I mean, we could sit and listen to you tell stories all night. I'm, sh- you know, this is this is yeah.
3: fantastic. Oh, um, it's it, it's been a, it's been my pleasure, guys. It really has. Uh, and and again, I want to thank you guys for supporting uh, Kindred and the film and and uh, doing what what you what you're uh, what you're doing. You know, you know, why? If you can, Adrian, I think wanted. Uh, you know, like you sent him his. I guess. Yep. His, he wanted this one. Uh, also if you get a get a chance Yeah, to absolutely. With what we, I mean, his editing skills are much
2: better than mine. He put together a little clip already and I'm like, Oh wow, that's, yeah, cool. right? that's how yeah, this is yeah. supposed to
3: work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, he's good at it. That's his that's his thing, man. Yeah. That's his thing. So again, thank you guys very, very much. I, I really, really appreciate well, it. Well, I
0: can't say this enough. We wouldn't uh, be so enthused about it if we didn't enjoy the film absolutely so much. Um and we wouldn't and enjoy just talking with you. Um really, really enjoyed all our time together.
3: Thank you very, very much. Pleasure was all mine, guys. All right. Have a good day. All right. Thank take care. So have a good much. one. Stay safe. Thank Stay you. safe.
0: All right.
1: Thank you for listening. The tavern is closed for now, but we'd love to have you back for more fun next time. Seriously, though, get your asses out of here. And live in a life by your own design.
0: Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success.
1: This is Unapologetically Fab.
0: An Electric Cast production. See you there. Electric
1: Cast.
0: Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a beautiful day